Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. No matter where you're listening, around the world, this is Sedona Talk Radio. Hello, hello everyone. This is Helena Steiner-Hornstein with Sedona Talk Radio. And my name, the name of my show is Our Wondrous World. And as you know, I called it something else before, but I've changed the name. It just feels better this way, Our Wondrous World. And I have a guest with me today, and I'm very happy that she could come in with such short notice. Her name is Kate, and she is a nationally known numerologist. She has written books uh, and on numerology, and she has uh, particularly written the Complete Idiot's Guide to Numerology, which... Uh, you can buy, I suppose, all over the place, particularly on Amazon.com. Kay Lagerqvist, where are you located right now? Your name sounds very, very Swedish, but you're not in Sweden and you're not Swedish. Is that so? <laughs> yes, hello. Um, well, I live on an island in the Pacific Northwest. Um, it's called Whidbey Island, and um, it's north of Seattle. And the landscape here is very much like it is in Sweden. Um, it's the um, sort of northern climate and water surrounding islands and um, green, lovely green, um, evergreen trees and mossy rocks. And um, I live in a sweet little town that's called Langley, the village by the sea. That sounds so romantic and so so remote, actually, for me sitting down here in Miami looking at palm trees and ocean <laughs> and white right. high-rises. And uh, is it a big island? Is it uh, far away from mainland? It is. Um, you get here by a ferry, and it's actually the longest island in the United States, but it's not, um, it's not on the north end of our island is the Whidbey Island Air Station, so it's famous for its um, uh, naval base. But on the south end of the island, where I live, it, um, the population here is probably about 16,000 people total. Oh, and so much. So many. Yeah, and it's pretty rural, and, um, and yet we're only, um, including our ferry ride, we're only an hour away from Seattle. So, so Seattle is where you go to shop, so to speak. Well... There are towns just right across the water from us um, that are closer to shop, but um, Seattle's where the big um, metropolitan center is, mm-hmm. where the opera house is and the um, university is and that sort of thing. Good. And you are evidently not Swedish. I can hear that. <laughs> no, I'm not <laughs> Swedish. No, I have a Swedish name. I married um, a man who has Swedish heritage, and um, um, my name became um, part of my public persona. And so um, I've, I'm just, I, I've had this name for 35 years. And, and that has become you. Yes. So now we're coming into the numbers. First, what is the numerology? Numerologists, what do they do and what, uh, what do they look at? Numerology is um, the, the study of a person's name and a person's birthday. And um, the numbers are, have symbolic meaning and um, your name adds up to a particular number and your birthday um, gives us all kinds of information about what year this is for you, um, what path you walk in this life, and where you want to focus your energy at this particular time. And this is an ancient science, numerology is. Um, Pythagoras, the father of mathematics, um, was the one who's accredited with having discovered it and um, developed this system originally. So it's, um, it's a very old system. And many cultures have used numerology. Um, The Chinese have a system of numerology that's even older than Pythagoras. Um, 
and the the Indian culture, the East India culture, um, has a system of numerology, um, and and what I use is called the Western system of numerology, and that's really the Pythagorean system, and that's that's the one that we see most pervasively in Europe and America. You know, um, I uh, do intuitive readings as, uh, with the body and energies around people. And when I look at people, it's almost like I look at numbers. It's like there's a waterfall of numbers flowing at me. And I always say, oh, what I do is a higher mathematic uh, because it's full of numbers. So, uh, and this is something I just kind of seen the, as an energy around people without knowing anything about numerology, which is something I found out now in the last few years. Is this something you would like to tell me more about? Because I'm fascinated by numbers and try to study this particular science as well. Well, I have studied, I became fascinated with numerology um, a very, very long time ago. And um, so now I've studied it and worked with it and taught it and written about it for um, 30 years. And what I've come to understand about what the numbers are about and what numerology is about is I believe that it is um, a, that the numbers are energy frequencies that are basically telling us what our own natural um, pattern of energy is. And so our, when we know what our numbers are, what we begin to know and understand is what we resonate to naturally and how and the numbers give us a language to be able to talk about what what this energy is so for instance you have a soul number and that number is going to talk to uh, tell you about what you're going to what what is your deepest longing in your soul what is what motivates you what is in your heart of hearts what your deepest calling is and you have another number that's called your destiny number. And this number is a number that tells us what, what it is that we're here to do. What, it's part of what gives us real clear indication about what our purpose in life is. And when we understand what these numbers are, and it's really quite simple because you're dealing with the numbers 1 through 9, um, you begin to understand what all these jobs are that you've had in this life, all these relationships that you've had, and what the meaning is behind them, where it's leading you, where, what, what you're being drawn toward. And this is, this is being drawn toward your destiny. And, yeah. um, and, and then, so the numbers are, are symbols, essentially, but what, in terms of what you were speaking about, to me what's, What's interesting is that I've found that I think that they're vibrational frequencies, and the more I do research on it, the more I think they're the frequencies of our electromagnetic field and, um, and, and that we are basically light beings. We're beings of light, and that these numbers are giving us an easy and simple way to talk about what the nature of our own light is or what the nature of our own essence is. This is... This is absolutely fascinating what you are um, saying. Uh, it, I cannot believe how interesting it sounds like. Now, how do we find our destiny number? How do we find out what our destiny number is? The destiny number is what your name is. So the name that you were born with, so the philosophy in numerology is that your name that you were born with is not a mistake. That you, came, that you were given that name because it, it holds within it the energy that you're going to need for your soul to grow and develop in this lifetime. And, the, and this is the energy you're going to need to be able to fully grow in this lifetime. So what it means is that the name you're born with, each letter in that name has a number that's associated with it. And, and what you do is you just add up the numbers that that are associated with all of the letters in your name, and you come out with your destiny number. 
This is great. Is this in your book that you yeah. have uh, out on the market, The Complete Idiot's Guide to Numerology? It is, yes. It's completely discussed in there, yes. Wonderful. And so um, I think everyone should go and buy that book, including myself. <laughs> and how do we find out our soul number? Um, the soul number is found in the vowel sounds of your name. And so if you think about vowel sounds, they're the soft inner vibration of a word. And the vowel sounds in your name add up together. Once again, each vowel letter is associated with a number. And you add those together and you discover what your soul number is. So then you just take the vowels in your particular name, in your name, in your full name. Yes. In all your names or all your first names or just the first name you're called. It is when you're looking to both destiny number and soul number, you are only interested in the name you were born with, and that's the complete full name that was on your birth certificate. Because sometimes what happens is that in a family, you, you are named a particular name, but then you're not called that. And um, yeah. it's what's on your birth certificate that is important. And and because this is what the this is what sets up the original blueprint for your life, the, the original name you're born with. But I know so many who have changed the name from their birth certificate, also their first names. You know, they change to different countries, and and they want to get rid of. For instance, if you're Russian or Turkish, and you come to America and you don't like those names anymore. You want to have something that is easier to follow, and that's the one name that everyone calls you. So we still have to go back to the birth certificate. Is that what you're saying? Right. It's both. It's one is that if we can access what the original name is, and not everybody can do that. I work with a lot of people who've been adopted or whose mm -hmm. um, birth certificate is not available to them, and they can't. Um, they can't find it. And so we go with the name that, that they it, – it, and it's interesting because it's thought that the mother holds the key to the name. That is to say, in some cases, a child is named a particular name, but the mother always wanted to name the child something else. And um, in the numerology system, it's thought that what the impulse is that the mother receives – for what the child should be named is the true name of that child. Yeah, and uh, that's the true energy. And so you. Yeah. And so to. So let me answer your question just more fully. Is to say that one is that you want to have what's on your birth certificate, but the other name, whatever you've changed your name to, also plays a role. It is going to tell you how you're living now, what the energy is now for how you're living your life. And, yeah. it's, and it's superimposed over the original birth name. And I see men in this so-called New Age field, how they change their names to something, you know, Indian or Sanskrit or something like this. Does that matter to them that much? Well, the real truth is that original name is going to be the, mo the most significant of the names is going to be the original name. That's the original blueprint. That's their true energy, their true identity. And then when they're adopting different names or even using nicknames, you know, it's an added energy to that original blueprint. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was young, I was given a particular, particular nickname by my mother. And when I came to school, I didn't want to be called that nickname anymore because I decided I was grown up. And I kind of told everyone, including everyone, teachers and all the stores in the street and so on, now this is my name and don't you dare call me this other baby name. So um, uh, that, that, did that change in anything? Well, um, the, if we're going to say, you know, what, where's, the, where's the name that's actually going to give you the information about where you want to direct your life or where your highest calling is or what you're going to naturally resonate to? That's going to be the name you're born with. Mm -hmm. so, so that nickname that they gave you 
is bringing to you a particular energy pattern that is drawing certain lessons to you. And those lessons are often indicated in your original birth chart of, you know, perhaps a karmic lesson or perhaps um, an energy that you have not incorporated into your being yet. And so by being called that particular name, you bring that energy into you, into your life, and then you become uh, familiar with that energy so that it's now incorporated. And, that, and, that's, and then when you're done with it, we often leave that name and move on. Yeah, and evidently I was done with it at that time. Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny. I was thinking about my former husband. When he was born, um, his uh, mother, uh, who was it? He was, uh, one of the parents decided, no, he is. his name is John Henry, and put that down and gave it to the doctor and they put it down on the birth certificate. But once he came home, uh, the other parents said, this is Robert Lee. And he was from then on called Robert Lee. He didn't know that he was ever named John Henry because uh, no one ever used it. But then when he was uh, older and he was going to go to Europe and needed a passport, he had to pull out his old birth certificate and he saw it was John Henry. (laughs) And that changed, you know, my God, how could that be him? And he didn't like it. And he had been very successful in business under this other uh, Robert Lee name. Did that change anything with him that he, uh, uh, you know, just ignored the, his birth certificate name? Or what, what did the parents actually do with him when they well, didn't agree on his name? The name he, he is born with, and again, I'm going to come back to what did the mother want to name him? Um, partly if he was his mother wanted to name him a name and then he was but the dad wanted to put something else on the birth certificate you know then the name you want that we're going to get very interested about is what did the mother want to name but in this case it's what's on his birth certificate now what i have what i would interpret that to mean is that that he didn't know himself as well as he needed to know himself and that was probably true yes yeah. mm-hmm. And there was a whole other dimension to himself that he was unaware of, and that when yeah. he was when he was acquainted, and I would be curious to look at the year that he was acquainted with his um, his birth name, and I would be looking at the circumstances that were surrounding his life at that moment, because what I would interpret that to mean is he was given an opportunity to have it's a wake up call, and um, to get back in touch with himself and to know really who he is. Yeah, this is so interesting, and I'm going to check out these things, and I'm going to check out more, uh, even more things. Could you tell us the name of your book again and where people can get it? It's called The Complete Idiot's Guide to Numerology by Kay Lagerquist, and my name is spelled L-A-G-E-R-Q-U-I-S-T, and you can get this book, you can get it online, through Amazon.com and through BarnesandNoble.com. And the book is also in um, the Barnes & Noble bookstores all across the country and and abroad. And it is also, I've even heard that it's in the airport. I've heard that. Um, but you also can get it um, at, Bo- at Borders Books. They carry... That's um, great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's widely available. Very good. And as usual, if people cannot, if they don't find it in the store, ask for it and they will order it for you. Oh, yeah. And how do people get hold of you? What is your email and website so they can find you? My my website is uh, www.numerology-insights, and that's I-N-S-I-G-H-T-S, Dot com, so that's numerology-insights.com for the website. And my email, if you'd like to directly correspond with me, is insights, that's I-N-S-I-G-H-T-S, at whidby.com. And whidby is spelled W-H-I-D-B-E-Y.com, insights at whidby.com.
Great. Now, does it matter if I look at it the other way, if there are those who, you know, a, a boy is given a, a more of a feminine name and a girl is given more of a boy's name like Charles or, or something like this, does that matter at all in, in the overall um, outlook? No. The numbers are still the same, of course, but the, does the it still matter? Num- right. You know... Yeah. Now, uh, what numbers are so-called good numbers and what numbers are a little bit plainer? And and then there is one number that is more for money, meaning money, money. And uh, tell tell me more about this. What are the good numbers for us that we should look for? Each number has a meaning. So... um, just I want to say that there there are numbers one through nine, and then there are the master numbers. And the master numbers that you're most concerned about at this point in our evolution as a whole um, species is uh, the, the master numbers 11, 22, and 33. And those numbers, so when we're looking at the meaning of a number, Every one of those numbers, including the master numbers, have a positive um, aspect to them and a negative aspect to them. And it's, you know, it's sort of like if we come back to the idea that numbers are um, energy, then what it's to say is that there's a higher vibration to uh, a number and a lower vibration to a number. Mm-hmm. And what happens is that each person is going to resonate to a particular number at the lower frequency because that's what they're working on. That's where that's the lesson that they're working. They're trying to understand the more negative aspect of of this energy because they're evolving out of that into the higher frequency of it. So. It, there are no bad numbers and there are no good numbers. There's just how you're handling the energy of a number. Good. So, for instance, let's good. talk mm-hmm. about the number eight. The number eight is often thought of as the money number. Yes. And, however, the number eight is also the number of karma and it's the number of manifestation. It's the number of power. It's the number of authority. And so if a person's energy is not able to handle power or is not aware, it does not have experience in being powerful or understanding the nature of how power works, then when they arrive at an eight personal year, for instance, or if they have an eight life path, what they're going to be doing is is becoming acquainted with power, money, authority, how to manifest, and um, how, to, how to handle this energy. And so they might not do it very well at first, so they might create karma, they might, um, they might give their power away, they might um, have a hard time making money or... Um, managing their money or understanding the power of money in the world. And so um, it's, it's what they're learning. But then there are those who, are, who already understand the basics of it but are now going to step into the higher essence of that number. And the higher essence of the eight is to understand that the ultimate nature of power is to empower and that you don't need to use your power on somebody, but that, but that your power exists in being centered in your own being and having this uh, greater perspective and understanding of the good of all and using that for the benefit of, of mankind and manifesting on a greater level so that they're manifesting for something larger than just themselves. And... If you look at the number eight, the way it's written, we write it as either two little fat zeros sitting on top of each other. 
mm-hmm. or we or we write it as the infinity sign. You know, yes. um, and so in either case, what's happening is you have a um, the zero above and the zero below, and in the esoteric um, study of of numbers, that represents that the upper zero is the spiritual dimension that is informing the lower dimension or the material world. So what you, it's thought then is that the eight is the number of one, if you have that as your life path number or your soul number, that you're here on this planet now as a soul with a, a, a sort of a mandate to understand spiritual principles and bring them into the material world and do business from that standpoint and be one who who comes to understand power and comes to understand how to um, make money and and to work with the material world from from a higher consciousness so mm-hmm. um you see how how it is it's so what you wouldn't want to get trapped into is to thinking that one number is a good number and one number is a bad number and i know those who have even change their names of of situations or, or, or programs so it would end up to an eight or they have added uh, changed letters in their names so it would later add up to eight. Is yes. that a good idea? No. No. Good. <laughs> no. <laughs> it no. isn't that easy, is it? <laughs> well, you know, and I, and I have been told, although I haven't had direct experience, that I know that, for instance, um, um, I've had some real estate people tell me that the Chinese people will not move into a house with a number four on it because oh. the four is a number that's considered hard work and um, and then they have other associations with what that number means but that um, you know often it means unemployment or something difficult happens in a house that adds up to a four. And, and that uh, is kind of generally understood in China, you mean, about well, the four, what you just said? Well, what, no, what, what I understand is generally understood is that mm-hmm. they're very selective about the number of the house that they move into because, you know, as we know, they're, they, they're, they organize around feng shui, and, I mean, they believe that the house is an energy and it's an energy field, and so the house itself has an energy to it. And yes, that's and that's right. Yeah, and that's indicated by the number on the house as to what kind of energy the house is. And so yeah. where what uh, you're going to work with there is um, how that particular number on the house aligns with your own personal numbers. Because for some people, for instance, a four is going to be the perfect house because it's a number that stabilizes. It's a number mm-hmm. about, you know, grounding and, and stabilizing and being economical and practical. And if you've got somebody who needs those things, then a four house is going to um, provide that for them. It's going to help them get that get that into their lives. Yeah. So How do see, we find out what is good, what number is good for me? What's good for us? You know, it what, said that four could be good for, for someone. And what makes that situation that is good for that someone. So you have um, a numerology profile and it comes from your birthday, what your birthday adds up to and what Mm -hmm. your name adds up to. And when we look at these two pieces of information, your name and your birthday, that's together. You add the two numbers together, all of it, do you? No, 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 no. I'm just saying to develop a numerology profile. Oh, I see use two pieces of information to develop it. And one is mm-hmm. going to be your birthday, and that tells us all kinds of things about timing of events for you. And your name tells us about what is essential for the essence of who you are. So so, th- so that total, when I look at those two pieces together, there are five numbers that come out, and these I call the five core essences. These five core numbers, now that's going to tell us who you are and what you need. So if I were to look at a house that I thought would fit with you, I would look at your five core numbers. If I were to pick out a mate for you, I'd want to look at those five core numbers. If I'm to, um, you know, 
you're going to ask me about, well, is this job right for me? Or, you know, what about a career move? Or what's happening in my life right now? I would want to look at these five core numbers. And then I'd also want to look at the personal year number. Yeah, and that we haven't gone into much yet, but I think we could start to speak about the personal year, and um, which I have been a lot into. Can you tell us about how we find out um, what is our personal year? So the personal year number is what number is uh, governing your life right now this year. So every year, so 2008, you, every person has a specific number that's their number for this year. And this is called the personal year number. And how you find it is very, very simple. You take the month you're born and you add it to the day you're born. So if you're born in July, that's a 7. The month is a 7. And if you're born on the 6th of July, that's the day you're born, and you're going to add the month, the 7, plus the 6, which is the day, so 7 which plus is 13, six, yeah. 13. Now, you're going to reduce that number down to a single number. So 13 is going to be 1 plus 3 is 4. So that's your starting point. So now you've got your 4, and now you're going to add that to whatever year you're looking at. So we're looking at 2008. Which is 2008. Yeah, and 2008. Which adds up to 2 plus 8, two plus eight which right. adds up to a, to 10, yes. which is actually 1. Right, reduces to a 1 because the 10 is 1 plus 0 is 1. So now you've got the the month plus day, which for in this case, we we had a 4, and we're going to add that to 2008, which we decided reduced to a 1. So it's 4 plus 1 is 5. So what we know is that person who was born on July 6, notice we didn't put the year that they were born in there. That's often the no, mistake people mm-hmm. make. Right. We're only <laughs> yeah. interested in the current calendar year that you're trying to find out what the number's for. So don't be confused by adding in your per, the, the year you were born. So it's only month plus day plus calendar year. So we back up, we go, so it was the four, month plus day plus calendar year, 2008-1. So that person is in a five-personal year. So now what this tells us is in a five-personal year, this is a year of change. This is a year of promoting oneself. This is a year oh, where... Oh, I didn't know that because uh, I am a number five now, and I heard you are number five right now, yes. too. Yes, yes. And, uh, so we have so changes, but we also have promotion of ourselves. Yes, Good. And, and also it's a sense, it's a year that you get called to, um, to want to explore new things, to want to, want to um, move beyond places where, where you're stuck from last year yeah. when you were in a four-year. And mm-hmm. so now there's this drive and energy that keeps drawing you out to go see what's out there, to explore more. Um, in a five-year, uh, um, curiosity is heightened, and so you'll find people wanting to um, take classes and read more and um, go uh discover more because there's a real sense of adventure and discovery that comes under the five. And uh, And this is exactly what it has been. I'm sure you have seen that in your life this year, but I have certainly seen it in my life this year. It's been amazing. (laughs) And then the last big piece when you're in a five personal year is um, that there is a much greater sense of a desire for freedom. So whatever, mm-hmm. wherever in our lives we're feeling stuck or we're feeling restricted or we're feeling that we're just not free enough, you start to discover that um, you're wanting change. See, that's where the change comes from is because the yeah. changes are wanting to bring you to a greater sense of freedom. And, um, and then you look at what freedom to do what or freedom for what, and it's often um, the freedom to... Um, change what you're doing or the freedom to explore something else or the freedom to have more variety or um, 
or to have just a, a, a greater sense of aliveness um, because the, the five-year really, really ramps up the urge to feel more alive. Yeah, and, and I'm sure you do coaching as well, like you told me, and yes. I do that as well. And uh, people come to me a lot in the fifth year, in their number five years, uh-huh. more than in their three or seven or something like that. Right, because the... And and just to put this in perspective for everybody, um, we Pythagoras um, in, in his work that he did around the personal year system uh, said that we live our lives in nine year cycles. Yeah. And what these nine year cycles are is is that um, each year in that nine year period has a very specific number that governs the year that you're in and the theme and what's happening to us is it's nine steps of evolution or nine nine steps of growth and in consciousness so the soul is evolving itself in nine year cycles and when you focus on the personal year that you're in what happens is that your soul grows to its greatest potential in that year because you're focusing your energy exactly where it naturally wants to flow. Mm-hmm. Good. So that's and um, um, now when does that uh, personal year start? Does it start at your birthday or does it start uh, at the beginning of the year? It starts at the beginning of the calendar year. So in January good. is when the new year starts. So, and uh, this is what I found. I know others say it's not so. It starts at the birth date. But I have found also when I work with people that, no, it all seems to come together at the first of the year. And that's what they have also found out, that, no, it begins long, long before your birthday. And at the beginning of the year, the first three months of the year, I've studied, I've studied this very intensely. I've I, I've if I could say that I've sort of specialized in the personal year cycle uh, because I was very curious to see if it was true. Did our lives really evolve in this fashion? And so I set up a study group with um, a group in the Seattle area, and we were together for six years, and we studied together every single month for six years, and we studied each other to see did our lives evolve in this path, in this fashion you know so if you were in a 5 year was change happening how and could we see that change was really happening to you and then next year you're going to be in a 6 year and could we see that your life was now moving toward you know family responsibilities and obligation to community and a sense of wanting to get more balance in your life and as you came into your seven year could we see that you know that now you were feeling that you wanted a sabbatical that you wanted to turn more toward the inner work that you wanted to um, be be looking more inwardly and um, reevaluating where you are with your life and and what because I had six years with these very same people, it was a study group. I mean, it was great research for me. And yeah. I discovered that people's lives, in fact, really, really do evolve in exactly this way, right on time. And in the and that it does start in January and not at their birthday, because I studied that. I looked at that. Yeah, it really, truly does. And I noticed that, you know, I studied the people myself. It's really at the beginning of the year. Yep. And um, and what you notice is in the first three months of the year, so that's January, February, March, it's, it feels like you still have one foot in last year. And that's mm-hmm. because we are, these cycles are not just a clean, crisp severance of whatever was last year onto, new, onto the new year. It's that you're, these, there's a bit of an energetic overlap. And so you're finishing up what last year's energy was about in the first three months of that cycle. And now after that, you're really moving on into the full energy of what the new, what the, what the next number is. And so for you and I, for instance, because we both are in five personal years in 2008, the, the month that it really, really kicked in for us that we were in a five year was in May because 
in May, uh, that's when we had our one personal month. Um, because yeah. so, and that's actually true. I remember that. I noticed a difference as for May, and the changes really started in May, yeah. and and the decisions about certain things started in May. <laughs> So, so it's, but, it's wherever it's wherever a person's one personal month occurs in the year, and that's and that's a whole other system. I mean, you know, you know, we we can not only figure out what our personal month, I mean, our personal year is, our personal year number, but we also can figure out our personal month number if we're interested in doing that, and yeah. um, to know, you know, month by month what the rhythm is, what the where the energy wants to flow. So it's a, it's a it's a great system for living consciously, for living um, in a way where you can really focus and direct your energy. Yeah, and, and this is so. And you're writing a new book on the personal year. I think you told yes. me. Yes. And when is that going to come out? Do you know that? Well, I'm I'm just I'm just starting it now. I've been doing research on it for. Ten years, <laughs> and so I'm just oh, that should be so I'm pulling good. <laughs> it all together now. Yeah, I've done it for, mm-hmm. I, you know, so I'm I'm just pulling it together now and um, starting to to write on it. I just getting time to write is the whole other matter. <laughs> I know it's 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 not that easy, and uh, no, it's very important I'm, just to find the time and discipline yourself to sit well, down. I'm always working with clients. That's that's what seems to. Yeah. Do you work over the telephone? People don't have to travel to see you? Yes, I do. The bulk of my work is um, phone consultations, and I work all over the world. So that's great. So people will be able through your uh, website, which you can tell us again to get hold of you, mm-hmm. which is, again? www.numerology-insights.com. Great. Okay, now um, I was thinking about another situation. Let's see, now I get my number, my personal number together, but I'm married to someone who has a different year personal, uh, different personal year number. How does that work? How does it work if you both are the same number or if you both are different numbers? And I would say that's probably, I've seen, the, seen people have, have the same number, but I've also seen mostly they don't have the same life cycle number. It's um it's it's hugely helpful in a in a in a relationship situation to and and even if it, it, in both a marriage and in a coworker relationship and in sibling and all all of the the dynamics that are relational um, for us to know where the other person is because it's going to um, what it creates is a, is a greater sense of tolerance for what they're doing and why they're making the decisions they're making and why they're feeling what they're feeling. Like, for example, if, if your partner is in a seven-personal year, well, what I would want to have said is, okay, heads up, this is going to be, this is going to be the year that your partner wants to pull away, step away, step back. It's the sabbatical year. Um, it's it's the the energy draws inward, so you wouldn't want to have expectations of your partner that that's going to be the year they're going to want to be super social or they're going to want to um, you know travel all around and um, be out there in the public eye. There's just a, yeah. a much greater it's a more soulful kind of time, yeah. and um, you can have more patience and and. Mm-hmm. Um, for your partner, when you understand where they are and what they're going through. Now, when Absolutely. you're both in the same, when you're both in the same year, an interesting thing happens. You can have a great compassion for each other, um, but also your, um, and you can, and you can have a much greater understanding because you're going through what your partner's going through. Different, you know, it'll be slightly different um, uh, the way it gets played out, but the themes are exactly the same. But what? Um, but the other the other part is that you're um, having to if you're if you're having a hard time you're working with the the difficult aspects the more challenging aspects of a number in a personal year then um, you aren't going to be as much help to your partner during that time that's because you're both going through the same thing 
Yeah, let's say both partners are in, they both are in the number five year, which is the year of change. And do they run a larger risk of a divorce if they both are in the five? Um, well, what the five presents to both partners and to the relationship is change is what is up for that relationship. So what you're looking at is what needs to change. What changes do we need to address? Do we have the courage to step into this? Now, the downside of that number is because we're afraid to make changes, we often want to escape. And the five is the number of um, freedom and escape and often turning to addictions of various kinds as methods for escape. And I mean, even if the addiction is just watching television all the time, it's, it's um, and, and the five is the number of, um, it's called the, the number of the affair. So if, if, you know, if a couple were prone to having an affair, I'd be looking at, oh, are you in a five year? <laughs> oh, really? But, oh, but yeah. um, <laughs> And I've seen that happen over and over. But really what's, what's happening, even if an affair occurs, is that what's happening to the couple is they're either as the individual who's in the five-year or the, if both partners are in a five-year, I mean, is change is being required. And so rather than escape the change or think you can go find it somewhere else without changing anything, um, the 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 real soul work is to call you back to looking at your own personal patterns and to looking at your own sense of self and what needs to change because it's time for it to evolve is what's going on. There's a transition right there. Yeah. And, uh, and it's how can I embrace that in the healthiest of ways. And, um, you know, and another, on the upside of that, if, two, if, if a couple are both in a five-year, it's a great time to... Um, take some risks and to go travel and to get outside of yourselves and get outside of your little world and go see what else is out there to stimulate that relationship in a greater way. So if a couple now would be in a, in a number nine year, that is kind of closing, that's finishing off something, isn't it? Yeah, it's interesting in the nine year, um, definitely. It's the end of the cycle. It's It's you know, um, the saying that goes with that is that the tide is out. The tide is going out. And um, it's not a time to start something new, but it's a time to focus your energy on what wants to end and conclude and um, be released. And um, it's also a year of healing. There's a lot of healing work that goes on there, healing work that allows you to do forgiveness work, healing work that allows you to complete something so you can let it go. And um, But no doubt about it, the nine is a transitionary period. I think of the difference between the five and the nine. I call the five a transition year. I call the nine a transformational year mm -hmm. because you're really changing something in a large way. So often in a nine, it can be a time where a career ends. It can be... Um, um, oh, for instance, I'm just working with a client right now who's in a nine personal year, and his family home has just been sold. It's been the family home for 30 years. It's his parents' house, but it's the house he grew up in, and yeah. um, it's all. And that all is uh, one has to let learn to let go also in your ninth year. Is that so? Yes, yes. One of the lessons around the nine is letting go, and. Um, and interfacing with that whole idea of death and rebirth, that we do come to a point in our lives where it's time for something to die off. Yeah. And, and, um, and, but that there's something new that wants to come in, but it cannot come in until we let go of the old. And I often find people selling their houses in a nine-year Yes, I, I know, and I've seen also people just have ended uh, relationships, and they have um, decided on starting a new career also in the ninth year. So I've seen many, many changes there as well, but in a different way. It's a completion, it's a moving away from. Right. Yeah. So um, you said before about the 
mass the numbers like 11 and, and 22. Well, what about people who are born in, in, in the 11th month, November? Are they all uh, master numbers? <laughs> or how no. does it work? No, you're looking for a master number in, um, I mean, where the master numbers show up of, of real significance and important, importance is, for instance, if your name adds up to a master number, or mm -hmm. if you have a master number, soul number, that vowel, those vowels again, if they uh -huh. add up to yeah. a master number, or if, um, or if you have um, your birthday adds up to a master number, those uh -huh. are really the significant places. I mean, you know, if we wanted to know what a person's personality is, um, this is kind of interesting. If you want to know, um, if you just meet somebody real quickly and you want to understand their personality, you add up the consonants in their name. And that's going to give you a personality number. Oh, well, I didn't know that. Yeah. So you add up the consonants in, in, in a name, and that would be the personality. Yeah, exactly. Numbers. And, and mm -hmm. if you wanted to know whether or not you're, you should name, you know, if you, we all struggle to figure out what to name our businesses. Yes. And um, if you wanted to understand how your business name is going to be perceived, um, one of the things that you would want to definitely do is look at what, what your name of your business adds up to doing the consonants because that's the personality of the business and it's how it's going to be perceived out there. So if it's a master number um, that you personally have as a personality or you're meeting somebody and they have a personality that's a master number or um, or again, is, is your business is a personality number that's a master number. I mean, these master numbers, everybody gets excited about a master number thinking it makes me more special than everybody else. But what the master number means is master numbers are written as 11 and then slash 2. And so the higher octave or the higher frequency of that number is the 11 part of it. That's the master number part. The 2 is the root energy of the number. And what happens is we vacillate between the higher frequency and the root energy. We can't stay at that really high frequency all the time. But what it means when you're born with it or when you, when you have brought that to yourself as with a master number is you will be challenged to rise. Let me put it more strongly. You are, it's demanded of you that you rise to the higher frequency. And that means that you're looking at things from a higher consciousness point of view, that you take the higher ground, that you don't get, you don't get mired down in the mundane, but that you're constantly taking whatever's showing up in your life and looking at it from the larger perspective so that, you, that you're keyed into higher consciousness, the spiritual perspective, um, soul growth. And, and it's a challenge to often to do that. So uh -huh. that's what it means. Now, um, it, it, I have had almost, it's almost been freaky through, not through all my life, but through the last 10, 15 years or so, the number 222 has come up. I have been asleep in the middle of the night. I've woken up, looked at the digital clock, and it showed 2.22, and I turned around and fell fallen asleep again. Or I'm traveling, and I get the hotel key with the number 2.22 on it, or hotel number, uh, the, the room number at the hotel is 2.22, or whatever. That 2.22 comes up a lot. What does that mean? Well, for one thing, it's made up of three twos. Two, two, yeah. two. Okay, and um, so the, off the because top, timing is usually in three numbers on the digital clock and so on. So all right. twenty-two and has come up, but the three twenty-two when there's three numbers, it, it's there. So first of all, you want to look at the twos. You want to look at the mm -hmm. fact that you're being sort of inundated with a reminder. When when we when we keep seeing these things show up in our consciousness, they they show up in all these different ways, and uh, repeating to us. You know, your consciousness is being called to pay attention to to a couple of levels here. One is you're looking at the twos, and the twos are the numbers of 
relationship, the number of timing. It's, it's about slow things down, allow, allow things to evolve, be more patient. The two is also the number of um, psychic awareness. It's um, to pay attention to the subtle forces, to be more sensitive, or to allow for the sensitivity. And last of all, the two is the number of femininity and, and, and the feminine energies. The feminine oh. being the intuitive, the psychic, that which receives, you know, and, and the feminine allows things to evolve rather than in the masculine, which is the number one, it is about, you know, take charge of this, push it, drive it, um, uh, get it handled quickly. So the two yeah. is 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 a number that. So what you'd want to look at is in your when you're seeing that number, what in your life is calling you to um, move more into that two energy? Pay attention to the subtle forces, to be more allowing, to be um, you know to be more sensitive, and to look at things more relationally because that's the two. Okay. It's all. <clears throat> it's been so fascinating because it really has interrupted me at times just to send me a message, you know, and when I walk into the kitchen, I have that 222. And then I get like some kind of message with it. And I say thank you and walk out again. I had no errand into the kitchen. I just was supposed to get that message. <laughs> well, but, and the 22, um, you know, the 22 is hidden in that too, 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 yeah. you know. And so, you know, that's another thing I would have looked at to see <laughs> with you is, well, you know, are you being called to be aware of 22 and the meaning of that number? Yeah, and I'm going to start it. I'm going to be more aware of it now after I talk to you. And before we finish, you know, this has gone so fast, Kay. We only have uh, two, three minutes left. I can't believe it. You And I let <laughs> you talk. I didn't allow you. You know, I didn't interrupt you, which I usually do, my guests. <laughs> I interrupt them and, 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 and uh, ask them more questions. But you had so much to say. It was so fascinating what you had to say. So I'm so grateful you could be with us today. And I'm sure so many people out there, and I don't know if you would like to answer it a little bit, but we have our candidates, and we all kind of feel that maybe one candidate or the other might have more of a chance of winning. And uh, I had a guest before in my last show who compared, for instance, her old friend, President Kennedy, to Obama. Do you see any similarity in the numbers with those two or with Obama? Um, well, you know, um, Barack Obama has a destiny of leadership, and he has a personality of a leader, and, um, and yet he has a life path of the two. And so he is going to do leadership through um, partnering and through relation. Relationship, so it's going to be a new kind of leadership, and um, and so and and he has a a soul number of one who has a great compassionate heart. He's the humanitarian at heart, great loving mm -hmm. heart. So often, it, it the combination of the numbers I see in his chart are to say that he's going to be sort of um, a leader that is a deeply compassionate leader, and yet. He is has this ability to create um, to to draw people together, and when we talk about you know both sides of the aisle, that's such a favorite expression they like to use. You know, I mean, he really would have his numbers would tell me that he has the capacity to do that. Okay, and I think we have to finish off now. We only have one minute left. Yes. And I would like to thank you so very much. And everyone go out and buy Kay Lagerquist's book, which is, again, you can say the name so everyone understands it better. <laughs> it's The Complete Idiot's Guide to Numerology. And uh, I very much enjoyed being on your show. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Kay, for being with me. I'm so grateful, again, that you could be with me with this short notice and that you could fill in for someone else who was not feeling too well today. Okay. So thank you, everyone out there. This is Helena Steiner-Hornstein with, uh, well, with A Wondrous World, and I changed the name, and maybe we can get the numbers of that one, too. Okay. Sure. A Wondrous World. Thank you so much all of you out in the world and thank you Kay
have a wonderful good day today. And everyone out there, have a wonderful good day. And see you soon, next Tuesday. Thank you so very much. Bye-bye.